in between killing pigs, I write stuff. And that's why you have me on here today, Neil, because you've had some very astute politicians on, but I am Ted Nugent, governor of Pigland. So I'm the expert on the health care bill because I kill pigs. And I just shot a monster big pig here in Texas. And seeing as how this is a pig bill created by pig bureaucrats to help out American pigs, as I approached this huge pig that looked like a beach sperm whale, I was expecting George Costanza to come out of the bushes and extract a Titleist number three ball from his blowhole. But as I was about to put a 10 millimeter slug in this pig's head, the last thing he said was, which is pig for where's my health care? They're pigs, Neil. We gotta kill the pig. And in November, we gotta vote the pigs out of office because this is a redistribution of wealth. This is the communist Mao Che agenda of the communist Mao Che fans in the White House. They're pigs, Neil. Tom Churchill is in the Oz studio with us today. Tom Churchill, one of my favorite people on Whidbey Island, uh, as, uh, as uh, Tom knows because uh, he uh, was up against me and my inability to memorize all his wonderful lines in a play called Blue Angelica. But that was a work of some time ago, uh, uh, Tom, and, and I know you, you write play after play after play. You must have something new for us, right? Oh, yeah. What have you got for us today? I'm going to be reading a short scene from my play called West is West, or The Great American Camel Race. It's between two men, uh, Jimmy, the hero of the piece, who's a wanderer, ended up in Virginia City, Nevada. This is in the 1970s. He's self-analytical, loves to talk about himself, and his host is Orville, who lives in uh, Nevada but is very reluctant to hear sad stories about other people. Jimmy has just informed Orville that he is—he thinks he's in love with Renee, who's one of the women in the piece, and uh, Orville thinks that's a bad idea. <clears throat> Orville says, uh, but falling in love with a woman he just meant, that, that's low rent, Jimmy my history with women is consistently inconsistent, totally weird, and kind of sad. Instance one, Marilyn Bloomer, funny name, fantastic woman I had the misfortune or the good luck to meet when I was nine. I was head over heels from grade school, and I concocted this story that we made it when we were ten. You ought to be in Kinsey. I'm pretty sure I had erections from about eight, and when I'm telling my life story, which I do on a weekly basis, I always slip in that I made it with Marilyn when I was ten, sometimes nine. She went to a different high school, but when I pitched Westside High into the city championship, she jumped into the dugout after the game, kisses me in front of the whole team. My uncle, an ally then, because I was his project, loaned me his old 88. Relatives were dumping coin on me all week, so me and Marilyn head to the hottest steakhouse in Seattle. Winds blow the smell of broiling steaks up and down Aurora, then to Golden Gardens, moonlight on the water, spreading on waves all the way to Alki Shore, where she and I grew up, and sparing any private details, we made love. Not my first, probably not hers either, but far, far out, as the hipsters say. Orville, and she dumped you. <laughs> of course! At a luncheon staged by her before my final decision to leave town with my uncle's cash, we met at a Greek restaurant in the farmer's market. She showed me a ring and asked if I would be a guest at her wedding coming up next May. That is, right about now. 
marrying a guy finishing med school who was beautiful and smart like her. I was so crushed, I ran for the, for the restroom, but I went into the girls, got yelled at, nearly arrested. True story. Well, sad, but true. I'm nothing if not a romantic. Hey, I got my own near degree in English. They write good poetry. But my saddest love story, Orville, how long does this go on? You don't want to hear about Susie? <laughs> Susie Sucrose? That's not a true name. She's Czech. I couldn't pronounce it. A rebound after my first Marilyn rejection. Small and slim, but with a crude voice like a deranged fullback. This took place near Oakland's Lake Merritt, where I lived a civilized life in town, driving down to Fort Ord as a meat inspector. Orville, no, I really don't. Other guy's pain does not do it for me. For the next several exchanges, Jimmy's need to tell and Orville's not to listen becomes physical as though being denied might send one or the other right off the cliff. Jimmy stands. I bought her a ring. I had it with me. Never asked her. Just sort of assumed. Orville, you're fucked up. Jimmy, I popped it open after a love tussle on the grass, and she laughed at me. I'll buy you a beer. I'll carry your cane, but please shut up. These deep bass barks. <coughs> and after a brief kermish, the ring pops into the grass. It's nighttime. Orville, finish in one minute, or I'll throw you off this cliff. She leaves for a phone booth, calls her mama. I split until a block away. I start thinking, that's my ring, paid for out of my dad's death money, the 10 grand me and Johnny split. So I come back and I see somebody down in the grass, ass in the air, searching where the ring fell in. Susie, it turns out, has a miniature flashlight in her teeth. And behind her at the curb, her mama's jag is burbling exhaust. I yell, she leaps up, we struggle, and I accidentally pop her in the jaw. Or, well, no, no, man, don't tell me that. Totally an accident, but she bays like the hound of the Baskervilles and jogs to Mama screaming, Loser, hit me! Anyway, I find the ring, run home sweating a hit and run, and now the ring is safe in my memory box. Orville's defeated. Memory box? Shoebox for my first set of cleats. Holds my only picture of Mom and Dad uh, pre-war. She's dark-haired, leaning against a palm tree. His arm around her. Sailor hat, you know, tilted back. Wind blows her hair and curls his dark wave. They both look about 19. That and a story from the Seattle Times showing me and Johnny as Seattle's first World War II orphans. We wear sailor suits. My grandma made and stare at the camera like chimpanzees. Like arrested development, a syndrome I've learned to embrace. <clears throat> Orville says, why go to a shrink? You do pretty well on your own. Jimmy, my failing, uh, quite simply, is that for years, I get to a plateau, a plateau of success, almost to the crest of a high level of personal achievement, and every single fucking time, I manage to push the potential success out of reach. Maintaining A's all the way through a course, and on the day of the final, not showing up. I can't help you, says Orwell. You do the same with women? According to one way of thinking, yeah. You were the man I didn't believe in. But 